All right, hello and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is... Tim Phillips. And uh, Tim and I were just talking about Friday the 13th and, uh, you know, how we were just like minding our own business and some guy in a hockey mask started chasing us around. It was kind of horrible. Yeah, reminded me of something. <laughs> I know. It's like it's like it's so, was... some some story or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird that it's happening in real life. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Remind, remind me of that time that uh, Felix Potman chased me around. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's no, a boy. that's a callback to people who remember the the Leafs in the '90s when they could actually make it past the first round in the playoffs. Oh snap! Yeah. Yeah. Hockey season just started. Adam's Leafs, got the knife, so... Leafs shade. Yeah. No, I saw yeah. somebody... No, here's the thing. I saw somebody on the news saying, I hope the Leafs make it to the second round this year. And I was like, wow, that's ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really attenuated expectations there. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to get to the Stanley Cup. I want to get to the second round. Second round. Yeah, it took him like 20 years to get to the second round. But yep. yep. That's crazy. It is crazy. Enough hockey but, talk. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a sports show. Today, yeah, this it's is, a different, different this is a credits. It's all about sports. <laughs> it's the sports, sports <laughs> credits. <laughs> all right. End credits is a local movie show where local movie fans are here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new musical comedy drama, Flora and Son, which you can now stream on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a good yeah. streaming site. With, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, you're not going to be watching something on there all the time, but uh, they have good stuff on Apple TV+. Plus. It's it's kind of worth uh, somewhat marginal streaming fee to get that. So, Yeah, I don't watch a whole lot on there. But then um, after this, I did watch a couple episodes of The Morning Show, which I'd never seen. So, Oh, yeah? Is that any good? I actually liked the first few episodes, yeah. Interesting. I think it gets kind of like mixed reviews. I don't know if it started strong and then like a lot of these shows start strong and then just lose the plot. But the yeah. first three episodes are really good. Okay, well, we'll take that as an endorsement. But uh, <laughs> three seasons. Um, but first, though, uh, Florence Sun is a movie about music, um, although it's not necessarily about musicians. Uh, and that got us thinking about other movies that are about music and making music and the value of music and being a musician. Um, and there are a lot of them out there, but for an added level of difficulty, mm-hmm. we want to begin the show by talking about movies, about making music that are not biopics, not biopics. Oh, mm. darn. I've like walked the line. <laughs> Elvis, <laughs> But no, I would say we can leave room for speaking of walk the line, um, walk hard, which is about a musician who's not real. Mm -hmm. It's a biopic about a about a a fake musician or a fictional musician uh, named Dewey Cox, and uh, you know, in some quarters, believe thoroughly ruined the idea of the musical biopic forever. Um, But if it's based on a real person, we have put those aside for this week and we're just focusing on movies about people regular people or imagined rock stars or whatever playing 
music and making music. So this is, I mean, it sounds difficult, but I actually didn't find it terribly difficult. Did you find this terribly difficult? No, no. Okay. I had three, three that popped in my mind right away. Okay. It might have been difficult if I did have like a list of 10 or something. That mm. probably would have been tougher. But Interesting. Okay, well, it sounds like you have a handle on this, so let's get to your first pick. Well, my first one is Walk Hard. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> it just came to me somehow. I didn't... <laughs> I had walked the line and then you told me this biopic thing. No. Um no, I, I did get the instructions beforehand. <laughs> the system works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh the movie I picked was Hustle and Flow from two thousand five mm-hmm. is my first one. Mm-hmm. Um it's a movie I often forget the name of. I always think it, it's hard out here for a pimp. That is how song. I remember it, because yeah. um, that song is so prevalent in in the movie. Yep, uh, it's a great film. I haven't seen it in a while, so we're going back to two thousand and five. Um, directed by Craig Brewer, who he's done a lot of a lot of films. So I really like Dolomite is my name, which he did recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was the movie that like launched his career. He wrote and directed it, independent film, starring Terrence Howard as a memphis uh hustler and pimp who aspires to be a rapper mm-hmm. and uh it's sh- it he's going through like a midlife crisis you, you know he's making money but you know by being a pimp um in really in memphis shady areas shady dealings and he's dissatisfied with his life and he decides you know, I, I want to rap. I, he, he writes rhymes. Um, and he, luckily there is sort of a burgeoning music scene there. And his friend, uh, Anthony Anderson, who Mm -hmm. plays this, uh, sound technician named key, uh, helps him in his quest to become a rapper. And, uh, it's a great film, very low budget, very, like you can feel the grittiness of, of the locale of the characters and sort of the desperation of, uh, Terrence Howard's character, DJ. Mm -hmm. Uh, he is, uh, you're really, you're really rooting for him, even though, you know, in a lot of way, very flawed character, very, Mm -hmm. there are moments, you know, really harsh moments of violence of, you know, just exploitation, all kinds of things happening in this film. Mm-hmm. But you do root for this character because he, you know he he wants to get out out of where where he is. He aspires to be an artist, and it's a really really good film and very realistic. Like uh, it takes you into the recording studio, shows you all the um, hiccups, all the great moments, moments of inspiration. Uh, great supporting cast as well. I mentioned Anthony Anderson plays Key, who's his friend and a uh, uh, sound person. Uh, Taryn Manning plays plays a prostitute, um, but she's looking for something better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Taraji P. Henson's also mm-hmm. in it, um, so it's an earlier role for her. She she blew up years a few years later. Um, she's also 
a prostitute in the film, but it's like they're all it really shows the humanity of everybody in the film and really shows them wanting to strive for something better. And you, f- you feel a lot of empathy for the characters mm-hmm. and that song. I, uh, it's hard out here for a pimp mm-hmm. just sticks in your head. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. The chorus sticks in your head, but the lyrics really paint a picture of Memphis, uh, the gritty streets of Memphis. And, and it did win the, the Oscar for best original song. Yes, it did. And one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in the Oscars is it was Three Six Mafia won for their for the song "It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp." Mm-hmm. John Stewart, who was hosting at the time, goes, <laughs> um, uh, "Here's the Oscar count: Three Six Mafia one, Martin Scorsese zero. <laughs> Before the Departed, so it was funny. Yeah. I really love that moment." And yeah. <laughs> three six mafia were just you know just having fun on the stage and and it was it was great that it got some recognition because it is sort of an under the radar film. And wasn't I, it Barbara Streisand that gave them the, like she was the presenter for the best original song that year? Am I remembering that right? Could have been yeah. That oh, you yeah. had to have Barbara Streisand come out and and give the Oscar to the people who wrote "It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp" and she had to say "It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp" by three six mafia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then this whole this whole group comes out that are all like clowning around with her and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. and maybe yeah. barbara streisand's most pop culture relevant moment of the 21st century which is either yeah. awesome or a sad reflection on what she's been up to lately <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> yeah no yeah. that's a good pick i like hustle and flow uh i feel like it's been maybe kind of forgotten um a bit but yeah no and and the song makes it memorable for sure yeah i think it's it's kind of under the radar now but uh, definitely check it out if you can find it somewhere yeah yeah for sure um which where do i want to start i have a kind of a deep cut and i have kind of like a, a weird one i'll go with the weird one uh i have the blues brothers on here nice. i uh <laughs> <laughs> which yeah um i mean they're not necessarily making their own original music so much as paying homage to like blues and r&b and um that kind of music but i mean blues brothers re- is it is a musical i think a lot of people do classify it as kind of like a musical comedy because there are big musical sequences in it but it is about literally using music to save what you love and in this case jake and elwood blues the titular brothers um are on a quest to save the orphanage that they were raised in they need to raise a couple of i think if, i think it's forty thousand dollars i didn't i can't remember the exact amount um but they have to pay back taxes for this orphanage so they they, they race across illinois to put their band back together and uh and then have this one big show which is going to raise enough money to save the orphanage so i mean it's it's kind of a double entendre because you know they're saving uh music saves they're saving the orphanage the orphanage is a catholic charity so there's this kind of religious ideal of being saved being saved by music um this this movie should really be called the cameo brothers though because i mean there are so many big musical cameos you have uh aretha franklin obviously you have ray charles uh you have johnny johnny lee hooker Cab Calloway, um, James Brown, 
every other member of the Blues Brothers band is uh, themselves a professional musician. And, uh, you know, it really is. You see this a lot in music movies, even the ones about that are biopics. It's this idea of like you go with the music or you go with you know life, and and there's a scene where they go to a greasy spoon to recruit their old guitarist, and um, the guitarist is played by Matt Murphy, and his wife is 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 co-owner of the the diner, and she, that's what the Aretha Franklin cameo. And so, like, he's like, I got to get back on the road. Like, the Blues Brothers are here. They're, they're asking me to come and play with them again. And she's like, no, you're not going off. Like, we have a diner to run here. What are you even doing? And there's this big musical number where Aretha Franklin performs Think. Um, and he eventually just goes with the Blues Brothers. And it's just, it's just like, music is this, for a lot of people, it's this, like, deeply ingrained thing. If it comes, if it comes down to choosing the music or choosing something else, you got to choose the music. And this is kind of like a regular theme in a lot of movies. It kind of lampshaded in Florence Sun and Bet we'll get to in a sec, but um it, it's sort of a recurring theme in a lot of these movies. The, the 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 connection between living and music, how you know music makes you feel alive and you you're alive to make music. And you know, just the the path of destruction through this movie as they're trying to yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor because they're just like everywhere they go something blows up yeah. or something you know falls apart or they you know they just leave a path of destruction behind them so they can have this one big show get back to the music and yeah. save the day and uh it's a metaphor it's it's messy as messy as hell but um it works just the path of destruction to, to have one more show one more yeah. show <laughs> yeah yeah it has one of the best car chases too when they go right through the mall absolutely yeah that's great absolutely yeah yeah it's one of my favorites and yeah definitely music musical movie uh and so many great guest stars like you mentioned aretha franklin and ray charles and yeah it's uh, i mean even in like even in like non-musical roles like steven spielberg plays the the, the city clerk who they give the money yeah. to at the end that's like this is nineteen eighty something. It's like <laughs> we're just gonna have Steven Spielberg do a cameo in Blue Brother. Okay, well, that's if you if you can do it, why not? Um, all right, let's get to your number two. <laughs> yeah, that was a great choice, Adam. My second choice is Wild Rose from twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So sort of similar ilk to Florenson in the fact that well, Florenson's in Dublin. This is in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotland starring Jesse Buckley as Rosalind Harlan and uh, she's an aspiring country singer and single mother and and it's a really another sort of gritty film similar to Hustle and Flow that I just mentioned in that you know somebody's trying to get out of their circumstances their rough circumstances to follow their dream of being a being a musical artist mm-hmm. um she uh, was just released. Uh, Rosalind just released from prison after uh, she threw a package over a wall. She and she claimed she didn't know what was in it, and heroin was in it. So she's she was arrested for that. It happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she loses her job she had in the house band of Glasgow's Grand Old Opry, mm-hmm. which is really interesting that there is such a thing as as glasgow's <laughs> grand old opry and that country music is such so popular 
in uh, in the UK and in Scotland. She gets a job cleaning a large house for a character named Susanna. And uh, Susanna becomes sort of her ally in her, her dream to become a singer. She, mm-hmm. Susanna's children hear Rosalind singing the one day and and bring it to Susanna's attention. And Susanna, obviously, she's wealthy. She has some resources. So she starts um, she starts really encouraging Rosalind. And Rosalind even goes uh, to meet Bob Harris at the BBC, who's mm-hmm. a big country music uh, disc jockey there. But she really wants to go to Nashville. That's her 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 big goal and she needs money for that so she asks Susanna for the money Susanna won't give her the money directly um instead she says okay I'll have a lot of very influ- very important influential people over in my backyard and you can do a concert and they will donate money to your Nashville fund mm. so she's about to do that concert when uh, Susanna's husband reveals that he knows her past, mm-hmm. knows her drug past, her criminal past. And after that concert, he wants her gone, doesn't mm-hmm. want her around the children in the house anymore. And instead of performing music, she has a breakdown mm-hmm. and admits everything. She actually d- never told Susanna that she even had children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she admits she has children, her troubled past. And, uh, yeah, it goes from, goes from there and she ends up working as a waitress and, and, and you think, okay, is she just settled into this, this role in her life or is she going to continue to pursue her dreams? And then the ending's just a really nice ending with another great original song, Mm -hmm. uh, Glasgow, no place like home. She plays at the Celtic connections festival in glasgow uh she plays that song for and you can see people in the audience bob harris is in the audience and it it's just great it just shows it shows that she's still following her dream and how you know there aren't straight lines in life and Mm -hmm. despite all her challenges she's still still pursuing that dream and it's a real uplifting story and jesse buck buckley is amazing in it i thought she probably should have been nominated for an Oscar that year. Yes. I, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, yeah, not to put anybody down, but Renee Zellweger won that year for a role that I don't think was anywhere near as good as Jesse Buckley playing a not real person. Like you said, not a biopic. Um, it, 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 a that, Renee Zellweger won because she was playing Judy Garland. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, it, she did an okay job, but like she was I'm fine. But Jesse yeah. Buckley was like she brought a lot to that character and showed her talent, which we've seen in in future roles. Yeah, she's immensely you know. talented for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's one of the great shames. I mean, there was no song nomination for for the for the song either. It, it was yeah, just we'll leave it there. Um, I, Wild Rose almost. I almost put Wild Rose on my list, but I, I could see so many connections between it and Flora and Son that I thought, you know, it's it's going to come up in that conversation anyway. Um, so for my second pick, I have something we have previously done on the show. I think it's also been sort of criminally underlooked, underappreciated. 
um, Sound of Metal, which is the yeah. Darius Martyr movie about a, a, a drummer named uh, Ruben, played by Riz Ahmed, who discovers that he is going deaf. And uh, he has to struggle with that because he's this is his vocation. Again, this is his passion, being a, a drummer and, and making music. And he kind of stalls and stalls and stalls. He kind of tries to ignore the problem. He tries to get these cochlear implants a little bit out of his price range. And so he keeps pursuing the music until he finally, the the, the hearing just gives out. And he goes to this uh, kind of retreat where they help people cope with with um, becoming deaf. Ruben has a background as a former addict or recovering addict. And, you know, what happens? It turns out that his pursuit of trying to get his hearing back has become this, like, new addiction. And it's causing him to, like, throw everything away, betray people. You see all these addictive behaviors. And he's called out by it. And mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about criminally. <laughs> criminally under Sir Paul Racy as the head of this home. Uh, just a beautiful role, beautiful yeah. performance. Amazing. Um, he was nominated, but he didn't. He win. was nominated, but didn't. Yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, n- not not great. Um, I can't even remember <laughs> who won that year. I think it was, yeah, I'll look it up later. But yeah, um, yeah, it just great performances all around. Just watch Ruben as like you you see him at times come to peace with his his deafness but then he goes right back to that sort of addictive self-destructive behavior as he's trying to um get his hearing back but it, it's well shot well acted uh, i don't want to say too much more about it because we did a whole review of it but it, it is um a really great really powerful film and uh with great performances especially riz ahmed and paul racy so um i think it's still on prime if you want to check it out so yeah i think it was a prime film so uh, pretty easy to find and, and well worth revisiting because i do think it's been sort of like kind of lost in the conversation yeah that's too bad yeah excellent film i yeah i thought it was one of the best ones of that year and mm-hmm. if you can find it mm-hmm. on streaming all the performances are great riz Ahmed and paul racy and Absolutely. everybody everybody's really really good in it and uh yeah it's a good choice i all think right. you've set the bar high with your choices those are two (laughs) two of my favorite movies and i somehow did not pick those ones okay well yeah there's lots lots of variety here i i think i'm I'm pretty sure you will not choose my last film but i am curious to know what your last film is well um you're kind of (laughs) going a little off kilter i'm i'm hitting it right on the nose okay okay so once (laughs) is my third film From 2007, same writer and director as Florence mm-hmm. Son, John Carney. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's such an excellent film. Um, so beautiful and romantic. Uh, it's uh, so the story follows, and I, I didn't even remember that they don't really say the names of the characters. Although no. it's just guy and girl, guy which and is girl. Glenn. Glenn Hansard and Marketa Erglova, who are both musicians. And mm-hmm. doing research for this, I found out because I thought, you know, these were original songs for once. Mm-hmm. However, they they were in a band or yeah. a duo together called Swell Season. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're still together in that that duo. And they had 
written and recorded some of these songs a year or two before once. So um, that that helps explain the chemistry between them, the musical chemistry, which is which is outstanding. Uh, and the story follows Guy, played by Glenn Hansard, who's a uh, he's a vacuum cleaner repairman. Mm-hmm. He works for, w- with his father repairing vacuum cleaners. So um, lower lower middle class, uh, um, obviously. And then uh, Marquetta playing girl, who's from the Czech Republic, and uh, she. she she's over there and she hears a guy busking the one day and wants to learn more about him and really likes his music and everything just flows so organically in this film. It's beautiful to watch um, taking place in, in Dublin uh, and you know, guy gets a shot to record an album and it see it even seems even more realistic, like hustle and flow, very realistic in the recording studio. This seems at that same level, if not even more, like just so people just trying to, you know, create art, uh, make music with now without a lot of resources, but they did get an opportunity to go into the recording studio and record. And there's just so many great songs like this. I own the soundtrack I had it on CD from back in the day, um, you know, Falling Slowly, If You Want Me just lies just all these great songs and in the the story is that the song like lies very pointed song that guy has written these songs about his ex-girlfriend and Mm. an acrimonious split and that's where the subject matter comes from Mm -hmm. um and slowly gets revealed between the two they never they it's sort of this unrequited romance throughout the film and it slowly gets revealed that girl does have a husband back in the Czech Republic Mm -hmm. and a great great moment where a guy asks girl, do you love him? And she answers in Czech, I love you, Mm -hmm. but she won't, she won't translate what she said. So (laughs) very, very beautiful film. The music is excellent you can tell they're like professional performers mm-hmm. and um it became a stage play i saw the stage plays really good too i'm sure a lot of people have seen the the musical mm. um but i if you've only seen the musical i would go back to the film because this it's it's really well done really natural or organic how it all happens and you really feel for the characters and you um definitely definitely see their sort of burgeoning romance and then even if it doesn't happen you're happy for them because they Mm -hmm. were able to spend that time together and Mm -hmm. create great art together yeah they'll always have the music it's they record the they record the songs they do together so it's like you know they always have the music they always have this little you know reliquary of you know, that moment in time. Yeah. Once almost made my list too, but again, it's, you know, it's the same writer and director. So I'll get once is going to come up in (laughs) in a couple of minutes, (laughs) but um, for my last pick, I have suck, which um, is a Canadian movie. It is a horror rock and roll comedy um, about a band called the winners. Um, And uh, they start to take off once their bassist, 
um, who's played by Jessica Paré, who people will probably best know as Don Draper's second wife in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes a vampire. She gets bitten by a vampire. And uh, I mean, you have to get over the ludicrous, the ludicrous idea that Jessica Paré would have to be a vampire to get uh, people to notice her. But uh, once you do, it, it's this sort of fun little movie. It's it's like one of these little points in time, sort of like the immediate aftermath of the Great Recession and like the every all the major record chains dying. Uh, you know this. Yeah. You know we're a band and we have to like slog it across the country in our hearse um, <laughs> <laughs> to to go to like gigs in Montreal, Toronto, Buffalo, and like all within like three days of each other because that's the only way to make money in the music business anymore. Um, the writer and director Rob Stefaniak is the also plays the the band's lead singer um, Joey Winner. That's his name. Um, you know, again, like uh, Blues Brothers, you get a lot of great cameos in this you get iggy pop moby uh moby plays the <laughs> the head of the biggest band in buffalo uh yeah. <laughs> you have henry rollins <laughs> as a dj um alice cooper turns up as a bartender uh dimitri coates who's um the the lead of a band called burning brides he plays the main vampire queenie um you also get um what's his face uh, Alex Leifson of of Rush. He he has a cameo as uh, as a border guard, <laughs> and uh, you also get a Malcolm McDowell. I mean, he's not a rock and roll cameo, but it's still a pretty big get. Um, well, I mean, I would say he's a pretty big get, but I have seen like Comic Con panels with Malcolm McDowell where he basically says he'll do anything for a paycheck. But um, <laughs> he plays Eddie Van Helsing, which is a good play on words. Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Abraham Van Helsing. Um, he's the vampire hunter. He wears an eye patch in the film. I'm not sure why. I don't think they explain how he loses an eye, but um, there's also flashbacks of like how, why Eddie's a vampire hunter is because he had a, a, a great love of his life who was also a singer, and she was turned into a vampire. And they use flashbacks from Oh Lucky, Oh Lucky Man, um, okay. to show the like no, no flash, no like. DAJ technology here and it works pretty be- like the 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 editing is pretty solid um so it, it kind of works the these flashbacks of oh lucky man era Malcolm McDowell um <laughs> it worked into this <laughs> into this movie so it's a lot of fun uh you get a lot of really great cameos like i said um it's kind of got a little kind of a grimy mood to it it looks kind of like 70s plus it's also got the it carries over kind of that vibe that kind of handmade vibe doing everything in camera um like the francis ford coppola dracula so it's got a little bit of that going on um but it's i mean it's good time it's it's kind of my sense of humor it's kind of dry um uh it's a lot of fun i i saw it i remember seeing it at um the Toronto International Film Festival. It was one of the, I think it was a Midnight Madness one, um, but it, it, it's a lot of fun. Then I rewatched it this week just to make sure my memories of it were pretty clear, and, and I, I still had a yeah. lot of fun with it. So it's called nice. Suck. You can find it on, you can rent it just about on all the major sites, all the major. And it do, it doesn't suck, right? It does not suck. This the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that. Sounds sounds fun. It's a fun movie for sure. Um. All right. Well, 
about to be determined once and for all. If Flora and Son is a fun movie, we're going to talk about that in a sec. You're listening to end credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. Just needs a killer bridge. What's a bridge? Bridge change for eight bars after the second chorus. Okay. Sounds amazing. It's better, right? Yeah, it actually works. I really struggled with that song. It's very intimate, isn't it? Singing together like that. It's a bit like, uh, we just made love or something. No, it's not like that. In a way, though. I do feel a little bit naked right now. I think music is all about romance. Okay, that was a clip from Flora and Son. It's the new film from writer and director John Carney, and it stars Eve Houston, Oren Kinlan, Jack Rayner, Sophie Vavasur, Don Wachurley, Kelly Thornton, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, as, you know, previously uh, discussed, John Carney is the maker of Once and Sing Street. And what was the other one that was kind of in the same vein? Being uh, Begin Again. That's right. Mm-hmm. So um, I have seen all of those films. I'm curious. You You put Once on your list. You're not mm-hmm. one of those Sing Street is better than once people. I haven't seen Sing Street. Oh, okay. So I'll have to. Is that, a, a, is that a thing? I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of more, a lot more Sing Street stands than there are one stands. I'm not one of them because I think mm-hmm. because Sing Street takes place in the 80s. A lot of people right. get their 80s nostalgia out about it. Because there's a whole thing about Back to the Future. They have a song that's about Back to the Future in that. And I don't care. I mean, I like Back to the Future and all, but yeah. watching other people have reverence for Back to the Future doesn't have any effect on me. If you know, you know what I mean. When I saw it a hundred <laughs> times in 1985, <laughs> I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> like we used to know every word to that movie. Now people are like, oh, Back to the Future, like because they've never seen it, right? And they're like, oh, wow, I saw this movie, this old movie. I'm like, mm. yeah, we used to burn a vhs tape into the vcr watching that <laughs> it's so true i i wonder i wonder if it's because it's we've passed to 2015 and that's as far as they go into the future and back to the future and now it's like now it's just a relic we didn't get the holographic shark like we were in hoverboards like no. we were promised hoverboards yeah i'm disappointed but i'm kind of happy 
I'm not an adventure seeker. Probably fall right off that thing. All right. So Florence Sun is more your speed. So let's talk about what your yeah, thoughts about Florence Sun. People with their feet on the ground playing music sounds good. Um, yeah, I like. Uh, I really like Florence Sun. It's it's one of those film. John Carney once again wrote and directed it, and it's one of those films like it's pretty straightforward and follows sort of a, a formula. But what we said before on the show, if you do it right. Mm-hmm. do the formula right then it can be sublime and i i really like this film i just thought it was real just just i th- i thought like everything worked in it for me mm-hmm. um and it is that story similar to some of the ones i chose earlier um flora single mother living in dublin mm-hmm. you know from challenging circumstances she has a troubled son max who's a, a thief he mm-hmm. he just he's this cute thief right he's like this <laughs> guy you just he's uh, you you you're cheering for him but he just keeps making mistakes um she she's i don't know if they're divorced but she's at least separated from her husband um mm-hmm. or the or from the father of max mm-hmm. who was a an inspiring musician who I don't know, had some sort of record contract back in the day. He watches old videos of himself. He's still stuck in that in, in that time. And um, and Flora is going about her life. She she likes dance music, and, and but then she um, she wants to do something for Max because mm-hmm. Max is into music, and she sees a guitar in the dumpster. <laughs> she she takes it out still looks like it's in decent shape and but max i think at that point in the film wants nothing to do with her definitely mm-hmm. doesn't want a guitar from her so she starts taking lessons herself mm-hmm. with um twist upon twists here it's joseph gordon levitt um <laughs> who she takes online guitar lessons from she's in dublin he's in los angeles and it, yeah once again there's like great great relationship between the two where they're not they in the course of the film you're not seeing them get together but you just via the via the zoom screen and even with that you can feel the romance the romantic tension between the two of them the the um you know artistic inspiration and it's great to watch it's it's a lot of fun and also just really heartwarming to watch. And, you know, heartwarming often people say heartwarming and they're talking about some really sappy film, (laughs) but I thought this one really worked for me. And Eve Hewson, who plays Flora, she's the daughter of Bono. Mm -hmm. Um, And she does a really, really great job in the role, really great acting job. Mm-hmm. And a tidbit I learned in the research is she was actually sort of scared to sing. Um, she played guitar, but she didn't really want to sing. So she went to a lot of vocal coaches. She sang for other people, but she would not sing for Bono. She's mm-hmm. like, "That's the I will not sing for my dad. That's the one person <laughs> I will not sing for." Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's something we can relate to. I'm sure a lot of us. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I, I think it really shows Dublin well, especially at the end. Uh, really makes you pine to go to Dublin and 
hang mm-hmm. out on the at the pubs around there mm-hmm. um and it uh it's really it's great how it goes from uh flora just picking up the guitar to um joseph gordon levitt's character jeff she gives him tips on how to improve his songs Mm -hmm. and then she forms that band with her son and her reluctant um reluctant husband or or ex-boyfriend um Mm -hmm. to play you know it's it 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 goes to a place you you can expect like Mm -hmm. there's not going to be a lot of big surprises in it but i don't know it's like a warm bath you know what you're gonna get and you enjoy it anyway. So I really liked Flora and Son. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I, I, um, I mean, it's John Carney. This seems to be his thing. It's like you know, music bringing strangers together. Even in this case, you know, the strangers are our family. They do effectively feel like strangers. You know, there's a lot of yelling um, at each other. <laughs> um, it, there's even this whole scene, and it was so well played. Um, where flora she's gone to pick up max from from her ex-partner and she has this like kind of just like sexually explicit monologue about all the things that his like does that she where she teases him about all the things his present girlfriend doesn't do um whereas you know twisting the knife (laughs) it's it's really something else um yeah I, i i do like the you know, you called it a bit formulaic, and yeah, it definitely fits in in a, in a couple of different formulas. Just ge- you know, generally in terms of romantic movies, or um, even John Carney's sort of well-established formulas. But you know, it does it does kind of mix things up. And I I, I admit to not being entirely sure in watching this where it was going. Like I, you know, the fact that we get to the end and there is this sort of like this family musical moment. That in- includes Jeff over Zoom, which yeah. is is kind of interesting. Um, it could, it feels a bit like a COVID movie, like that, you know, this this integration of Zoom. Um, and I think they did get the rights or permission to use Zoom. It's it's very explicitly Zoom being used. Um, but it it is um it, it does feel a bit like a COVID movie in that regards. But you know, it does come to a culmination with this musical performance. But um. I was sort of waiting for that, um, that the, the going to LA moment, which probably would have been in the big budget Hollywood version of this movie. They don't do it, which I'm, I'm thankful for. It's an entirely unrequited romance between Flora and Jeff. That's almost entirely done through Zoom. Carney does use this thing where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he, you know, he's talking to Flora over Zoom, but but then he's the camera pans and he's there and then they have these face-to-face interactions um which i I wasn't a hundred percent sure how to feel about but i did came out i did come out on on you know in favor of them mm-hmm. just because of the way he uses it and it's kind of like the sparingly way he uses it and um he doesn't really try to trick you with it either there, there's this uh there's this one point where they're on the rooftop and um you know you're kind of surprised because he again he doesn't always go to this and after it's about the third or fourth interaction that carney takes the computer away and they're just talking to each other Mm -hmm. um but there's this rooftop scene where um they're having this interaction and 
um they're looking over the the edge of the roof and and they're they're kind of next to each other in fact like jeff's kind of hovering over flora it's it's kind of very it's very like chastened romantic kind of thing um but then she turns back to the computer and you see like in the corner gordon joseph gordon levitt like slowly walk away as she's talking to the computer version of of joseph gordon levitt yeah um which which speaks like there's there's kind of like a bit of fantasy element to where you feel like she kind of wants to bring him out of the computer so they can have this personal time together so it's it's a little filmmaking trick that could have been very 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 annoying and carney walks the line but i i I think it's pretty beautifully done um it, it managed to crack my cynical heart anyway but it, it was uh, yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah it, yeah there's like a simplicity to his films like when yeah. i think of once in this one and it's kind of like there's simplicity to the music too right it's mm-hmm. often but it, you know there's nothing wrong with simplicity that can often be the best the best music and with these films it's just like he's not overly complicating things right he, mm-hmm. and so you you really get to feel empathy for the characters you really understand their situation and mm. and and you know not adding a lot of frills otherwise that could distract from that so mm-hmm. i think he's really found a niche with that just like sort of straightforward filmmaking although there are those fantastical moments right but he makes mm. those feel real right like when yeah Jeff comes out of the computer, right? Doesn't mm. literally come out. You yeah. just see him. <laughs> that would be like that would. It's not that would take, take on you me. Out. Yeah, yeah, that would take you out of the film probably. But he just <laughs> walks from off screen on, on and starts interacting with her. It, and... It's yeah, it's handled very very subtle subtly. Um, the other thing about I think that's another reason why I'm not a as big on sing street as some people because the romance in that one is requited um mm-hmm. the the the, the uh, Ra- i think the girl's name is Raphaela, or uh, but you know they get together at the end so i mean it's such it's such the hollywood ending so i i do i think <laughs> again bitter cynical me likes these things like it's like you know you don't always get yeah. the hollywood ending um the other thing i liked is carney really leans into the idea that these people are kind of inherently unlikable and selfish. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's these like, Flora has this like conversation with her friend. She's like, you know, it's about time I do something for me. And her friend's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You've done everything for, you. <laughs> for the last 20 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this, there's this scene where Max gets into trouble. Um, and he's been like in this court diversion program and the cop, I mean, it's kind of a great scene where the cops like, I give up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> clearly, clearly you want to go to prison. Um, yeah. and you know, so Flora and, and, uh, the, the dad, Ian have this conversation and Ian's like, you know what? Maybe it's okay. He goes to jail for a while. We can focus on our separate projects and do just, we've been parents for 14 <laughs> years. We're like, we can just do something for ourselves. It's like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you should be going to prison. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it is kind of interesting how they <laughs> yeah. already just lets the characters wallow in this selfishness, this inherent selfishness that they have. Yeah. Um, and you're still kind of rooting for them. It's kind of remarkable. It is. And it's interesting watching also another element are like the low bit, low budget sort of rap videos that are being yeah. shot right by their sort of like townhouse there. 
Yeah, there's where, the council estate, yeah. Council estate where, yeah, and Max is, yeah, the young Max aspires to be like the, the guy with the puffy jacket who's being <laughs> filmed and <laughs> he goes and he gets a Canada Goose jacket, right? There's a little shout out to Canada. He wears a Canada Goose jacket and puts the hood up and he's like, this is what a, this is what a music artist should look like. and. Mm-hmm. And once again, there's those great elements, just like in Once, where they're recording the album, where Max is working on his his music, his sort of electronic music, and uh, really focused on that. And Flora even asks the uh, the 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 judge if um, who who says Max does need to go for a month to the to juvie. She uh, um, yeah. asks the judge, "Can Max bring his music stuff with him?" And she says, "Okay." And yeah. You see him in in the room, not 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 a great environment, but you can see he's he's engrossed in his music, which is mm-hmm. which is cool to see. And then that last, you know, the uh, open mic where, yeah, he's playing his music, he's got his hood up and everything. And then when he starts to rap uh, partway through the song, that's great, you know. Yeah, Flora's singing, then he he breaks into the rap, and Jeff on Zoom with his drummer friend who we've never met. That was, that's fun too. He's (laughs) just there with his drummer friend in LA. Yeah. There's so much about, I guess it's, it's sort of like the musical commentary about the state of things. It's, it's interesting too, that you have Flora at the beginning talking about how she only knows like from dance music and you know, where, where is Max coming from? Well, he's, he's, you know, making EDM, he's doing rap. So he's kind of in that realm while she's off learning an acoustic guitar. You know, he's, you know, it, it, there's something, something metaphorical to that where she's like bringing it down and going back to basics and, and doing things simply while he's like, I guess, kind of reaching out to her in a sense. Or, you know, maybe it's just the generational thing. Like, this is the stuff that kids listen to. But the, the Canada Goose bit. It did make me laugh because they go into the shop and he tries the jacket on. She looks at the price and she says, like, what's like, what's the deal with this? And the, the shop uh, clerk says, like, oh, it's it's got feathers in it. And she looks like golden goose. It's, <laughs> I just love those little tart moments because it's the same thing earlier. She takes the guitar to the shop and she says, like, how much to fix this up? And he looks at it and he goes, well, it needs this, that and the other thing. It's like 60 euros. And she goes, F off. And he goes, OK, 18 euros. <laughs> Just like everyone's a hustler in some way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. What else is there to say about Flora and Son? I I think I, it is well shot. I I think I you know I miss kind of one of the things that I think makes once such a such a little item or it's it's got this grittiness. It feels like they just like sort of went down. They grabbed a camera, went on the street, and. You know, because again, you have, you know, the the experienced musicians, unexperienced actors, so they're they're kind of doing their their own thing. There's kind of like a a, a realism to that. Um, mm-hmm. This, I mean, feels much more practiced. And I mean, you have Jack Rayner, who's a professional actor, Joseph Gordon Levitt, mm-hmm. who's been like acting for ever. <laughs> yeah. Although he he he's kind of like in middle aged dad face now. He's got kind of like a pudgy face a bit. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, and like, I, you know, suits him. Yeah, and I I read about like he really looked forward to this role because he's played guitar his whole life. So mm. he's like, finally, I get to do something 
where I play guitar. Like I've learned to do all this other stuff. I've learned to martial arts. I've learned how to play hockey, <laughs> but now I'm doing something that I really like to do, but he was nervous about it. Cause it, mm. cause he had to like get even better and show off that skill on film. Something he's been. Yes. 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 to perform. Yeah. And he has to kind of, he has to also kind of like it feel like a little off the cuff cause he's teaching. Um, so yeah. like there's a lot of like it fe- he feels very experienced in the role he feels like he's been teaching guitar forever which um you know I-, I think adds to the authenticity of it yeah and they make light and um <laughs> her ex-partner is like oh he's been he's just a teacher online he hasn't done anything and Mm-hmm. And so, like, he has aspirations too, right? So he mm-hmm. opens up and plays a song for Flora, and there's, mm. you know, first of all, he does a cover song, which he doesn't know is a cover song, and she's just <laughs> floored by it. She's like, "You got to record that." And then yeah. the next time he reveals his song, which she likes, but not not a ten out of ten for her, and she's very critical and to the point. And that's another thing. Like, seems like the Irish characters you said a lot of them are like hustlers and they, <laughs> they're going but a lot of they're really direct too. It's like yeah, I, I kinda like it, but really I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Know, sort of. Yeah. And, yeah, there's it's, it's it's you know, it's really there's a lot of honesty to this and you know, we can mock Eve Houston a bit for being a Nepo baby for being Bono's daughter, but you know, it I think one of the things that the movie does kind of remind us of is, you know, for a lot of musicians uh, you only get so far <laughs> before <laughs> before you have to become a, a guitar teacher or or you know something. Um, you have to have that sense of you know making music for yourself and not yeah. so much just like making music for an audience because you may never get that audience. And so the, the movie sort of it it's kind of a triumphal moment at the end when they're at the open mic, but you also get a sense like. This is kind of as this is going to be as big as it gets for any of these people. <laughs> this is the biggest <laughs> audience they're going to have. Like this isn't yeah. the beginning of some great musical journey, um, and maybe that's okay. And you know, the camera kind of takes off and flies over the streets of Dublin, and it you know it's kind of saying like, yeah, you can let your dreams fly wherever you want to go, but honestly, it's this is the stage. This this little stage, a little pub. I was going to say in a little town, but Dublin's not a little town. But mm-hmm. this little section of Dublin, you know, sometimes it's that's as that's as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think it's I don't think it's a put down. I think it's actually pretty life affirming. Like take the stage where you are, and maybe not be so concerned about the stages where you're not. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a good um, good words to live by. Until the sequel comes out and they're like a superstar band or something. <laughs> Florence on two there <laughs> at the O2 arena. <laughs> uh, as long as they're not doing live eight or something like that. Anyway, um, guess we'll have to wrap this up. That's it for this week's show. We hope you liked it. If you want to listen to our show again, you can download it every Friday from our website and credits we're at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app like Apple, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And speaking of Spotify, you can find the playlist for much of the music that you hear on this show. Just search for End Credits on CFRU or on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and Twitter at End Credits Radio. 
I will return on CFRU Thursday at 5 p.m. for news and politics on Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. And in the meantime, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. So that leaves Tim. Where can people find you out there on the internet? On the internet, you can find me flashing the deadpan. And uh, yeah, any any uh, <laughs> recommendations for films? Like I've got a couple here from Adam, Suck and Sing Street. So <laughs> any other ones, let me know, especially for Halloween. I want to watch some good stuff for Halloween. I thought you were going to say recommendations for guitar lessons, but that's another story. Um, Stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another edition of End Credits. And until then, we will see you then.